Hey there, welcome friend to episode 73 of Jesus Smart, the podcast. I'm excited to bring to you the second part of our conversation with Isaac and Sylvia Rowe. They are business people, they're pastors, they value authentic relationships and really a deeper form of discipleship in Christ that moves the needle on what I'm calling your kingdom career. When you think of career, don't just think about a series of jobs over your working life. You have many careers in life. You have a career in your family life, right? A career in relationships and friendships and business or in work. And I'm saying that your kingdom career is your core career. Jesus said it this way, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. Everything flows from your kingdom career, your kingdom development. You actually deepen and develop your experiential relationship with the King, Jesus Christ. And from that, out of that flows a working knowledge of his realm, of his world, his kingdom. And everything then flows off of that in life, family, wellness, finance, and on and on. Discipleship is a process which we become intentional in developing our kingdom career. And Isaac and Sylvia were talking about that in the previous episode, episode 72, specifically about a kingdom dynamic called fathering, bringing up sons and daughters in the faith. You're going to want to listen to that. You can listen to this one first if you haven't heard episode 72 yet and go back and catch that one. I don't think these episodes are like necessarily sequential. And so as we become intentional in discipleship and developing in Christ, you know, being discovered in Christ, being developed in Christ, being deployed in Christ's enterprise, his kingdom, we become intentional in that process and it makes everything else in life. It brings it into a high leverage state. Today, we're going to be touching on how the Holy Spirit is really our ultimate teacher, no matter who in the natural, so to speak, is involved in a discipleship process with us. Without discipleship, it's hard to get out of these orbits that we're stuck in. You know, we're kind of held in a gravitational field, a gravitational pull of these planets that we're around, if you will. And we need what in rocketry is called escape velocity. We don't use this term in the discussion, but I was thinking about it. We need intentionality and escape velocity to pull out of these orbits that we're stuck in and discipleship helps us to do that. What does it really mean to take God's name in vain? Is it really just asking God to damn something? We're going to say that taking God's name in vain is something broader than that. It's representing him or representing him in a way that is not accurate. We're taking his name in vain and putting his name on things in vain that don't accurately represent him. We are meant to be outperforming the sons of the kingdom of darkness and not the other way around. And Jesus actually in the Gospels rebuked the disciples in a sense with a parable. And he challenges us in that same light. The sons of the kingdom of darkness, they're, they're, they're more shrewd or they're more successful in relation to their own kind or to their own generation or to their own operating system than are the sons of the kingdom of light. And what really should bother us is when they actually tap into and adopt some of the kingdom principles that Jesus teaches that work and they do it in their realm and outperform the actual sons of light. That, my friend, has to change. And discipleship is an important part of that. So let's get right to it. I've gone on long enough. Let's get back into this conversation with Isaac and Sylvia Rowe. And in 
the end, it's always the Holy Spirit who's teaching us, yeah. right? So the Holy Spirit lives in us. He is the best teacher, mm-hmm. and he. But a lot of times, we just have a hard time hearing him, right? Like our belief structures, the strongholds in our mind, the lies that we've believed and accepted as true. It's hard for us to get out of those things, um, and I think that's that's what Sylvia is saying here. She's, you know, hey, how do you actually know if you've really, if mm-hmm. you've actually changed and really grown? And I think. You know, we we look for suddenlies, right? Like we look for a spontaneous uh, explosion. Somebody prayed for me. I heard a teaching, and now I'm totally different. Well, that's not really how change happens. Real change, you know, you might have a moment where you realize you're different, but that moment has happened over three years, right? So that moment has actually been a ton of small decisions and actions that <laughs> that you've taken, and then all of a sudden you have this suddenly in God where you're where you're free. But that could not have happened if you hadn't. Um, uh, had that revelation working in your life. Isaac, is there a way that we can sort of take God's name in vain? You know, that famous yeah. one of the Ten Commandments. But can we say that we're representing God in a way that doesn't accurately represent him? Is, yeah. is, is that taking his name in vain? I, you know, I, I'm, I think, I'm not sure about it, but I've yeah. often wondered. You know, I think there's a lot of different ways to define things. But in the end, you know, to me, it's much worse uh, to misrepresent who God is than it is to um, to say something in passing in a conversation it doesn't really mean anything. You know, we, we <laughs> like may God damn that situation. Right, right. right? We, we are we are very uh, big on the minors. I think we 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 major on the minors and minor on the majors. And I and I, I think really it's much worse that churches and Christians who profess Jesus misrepresent his heart and who he is than it is for somebody to, to say something in a conversation with a friend that'll be forgotten yeah, two seconds because later. Because you were saying that God's heart towards us is always one of life. He's yes. always thinking good thoughts. Yes. He doesn't, yeah. it's not accusatory or, right. or blaming. Right. For me, this is the core of what's at my heart and what I really believe about God and what I, what I believe I've experienced and seen um, over, over the years is that God's heart for us is the heart of a father for his kids. So whenever he looks at us, he's going, you're my son, you're my daughter, I care about you, I love you, you are a treasure to me. And everything that we've talked about today and everything in uh, life in general should be rooted and based in that understanding and that belief. Because when we don't have that at our core, that, hey, Jesus can't actually even think a bad thought about me. He doesn't look at my life and go, oh, you failed there. You, you, you missed it there. You lost it there. He looks at your life where you are now and goes, yeah. actually, I see potential. I see where you can go from here. He, he never looks and goes, oh, you, I'm done with you. Yeah. It's over. He doesn't, have, he doesn't have that thing. And now we, we can be really harsh on ourselves, and we can uh, put that those thoughts that are that are not from God really but 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 we believe mm-hmm. they are into our own souls into yeah. our own hearts and lives and those those thoughts can be very damaging and hurtful self-condemning and cause a lot of pain mm-hmm. um, and cause us to actually misrepresent and when we do that we have to quickly repent and go father I'm so sorry that I have not agreed with what you say about me because what you say about me is that I'm your son I'm your daughter that you love me you care about me I'm the apple of your eye I'm the you know you are for me in everything, you're with me no matter what. And I've been believing something in my soul, in my heart, that has been manifesting in my life on a daily basis okay. that is undermining right. my, my ability to live yeah. this life the way that you intended. Self-sabotaging, right? Correct, yeah. Sylvia, what do you mean when you say that like real growth starts on the inside, it flows from the heart out, yeah. and enhances every area yeah. of our lives? Well, um, sometimes we 
are aware and we see an issue in our life that we want to fix, let's say that it's a personality flaw or something that we struggle with, and our immediate response as human beings is to fix it on on the outside. So to fix the appearance of okay. it, to just yeah. look like we have everything under control, everything's handled, and we can change. Yes, we can change, but... Um, for change to be consistent and to be long-term, we need it to come to from the inside out. So what is the process that happens that we have found that it helps us with the change is to see and, ac- and accept the situation or the, that characteristic without judging because that's what God does. He doesn't judge us. He just loves us and sees us as we are. Even if we never, even if we never change, He would still love us. Um, but what we want to do is to grow and become more like Jesus. So because that is the desire of our heart, we see and accept without judging. And then we replace that trait with something that is uh, scripture based. So let's say that I'm impatient and I know that it's a flaw and I want to become more patient. So I go and pull out all the scriptures that talk about patience and and all the things that aren't necessarily a reality in my life, but I know that they can be. And so I replace that <laughs> mindset. It's like... Um, we don't pray that prayer like, Lord, make me more patient, do we? Exactly. But then you have <laughs> to apply it every prayer. day, right? Yeah, and w- yeah. if you have kids or if you have a spouse, you have plenty of opportunity Absolutely. to practice patience. We should welcome these developmental so, yeah. points, right, of mm-hmm. uh, these, these opportunities. So that plus the work that the Holy Spirit does in us will produce change. And in a sense, we are spectators of our own change because it's God's work in us that helps us change. Mm. And uh, and then down... So down you're saying that Jesus doesn't condemn us negatively, but he appraises us like he does, like he does with the churches in the second and third chapters of the revelation of yeah. Jesus Christ. He brings an appraisal. You're doing this well, but you're not doing this so well. Of Repent, course his change your mind. Is that we live our best life, and because in the end, if we don't, it's only hurting us, and if it hurts us, it hurts him. Yeah. So it's exactly like a parent with the children that make poor choices. You want the best for them, but you still love them. Absolutely. Yeah, now, how does it affect work, Isaac, like from the inside out, like business or maybe some of these cultural spheres like the space of education or public policy and government? What sure. can we say about so, that? So, I mean, I think that the um, these kingdom principles and uh, the life that Jesus lived and the way he lived it, mm-hmm. if we... Uh, allow that life to become ours, not just something that we talk about, but something that actually is alive inside of us and becomes our nature, then it it it, it uh, positively impacts in a huge way every single area of our life. I know I know from a business perspective, I've seen that uh, manifest and seen um, an incredible amount of blessing um, and opportunity come from just just simple kingdom principles. And one of the, one of the things you see in a business environment or, or really in any environment is, you know, a lot of people are not reliable. They, they're not good at getting back to you. Um, they're, they, they don't follow through. Uh, they don't really care. They're always consumed with, with their own issues, their own problems. They're, they're not able to put aside what's going on inside of them. Mm. For, in, in their conversations with you to show interest in someone right, else, which right? Is and, a and what that actually does is, and it sounds like it's not a big deal, but what it actually does, it undermines them 
consistently and continually. So if I'm dealing with somebody and they're not getting back to me, and I would say that's probably 80% of people I deal with, I have to babysit them and follow up and make sure that they're doing what they said that they would do and make sure they're actually doing, doing their jobs. And then you have, you know, but, you know, being, being reliable, being trustworthy, being faithful, being committed are all kingdom principles, right? And if you have those things functioning, and I, and I remember sitting next to somebody on a plane once who was a very, very successful businessman, and I asked him, you know, um, you know what? What has been the secret for you, or the key for you over all these years? Because he's probably one of the most successful people that I've had the had the opportunity to actually talk to in person that I've met mm. in that way. And he yeah. said, Isaac, and and he's not even a Christian; he doesn't believe in Jesus. But but he said to me that it is all about the 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 character and integrity that you have. And if you care about people and you have character and integrity, then as you go through life and as you are functioning and working your business, you will meet good people and they'll want to do business with you and opportunities will come along. So there's like a, it is, it, there, there is infinite opportunity that comes from just implementing kingdom yeah. principles. Whether or not you go to a church or not, the kingdom principles work in yeah, your life. Yeah, so you find that non-Christ followers are sort of tapping into some of these universal yes. kingdom principles yes. and experiencing measures of, putting it in air quotes, success. Yes, yes. You know, um, and sometimes outperforming Christ followers? Yes, uh. 100%. And, and I, would, I would rather do business with people who have kingdom principles functioning in their life, whether or not they're Christian or not, isn't as important in my decision to do business with them. I, you know, some Christians, unfortunately, and that probably goes back to what we're talking about, misrepresenting Jesus, they use their Christianity to get for, as a way to get people to trust them. But then when you do business with them, they don't have kingdom, kingdom life actually functioning and yeah. they're selfish and they're thoughtless and they're concerned about themselves only and they're fighting you in every detail. And they're making everything difficult. They're not getting back to you. They're not they're not following up and you end up uh, babysitting. Those aren't the people you want to do. I don't, I don't care if they call themselves a Christian or not. I want to see kingdom principles actually alive yeah. in, in your life. Here's a $60 million question that I'd like to yeah. ask people because it's something that I'm still working with. When Jesus said the sons of the kingdom of darkness are more uh, astute or more um, successful in relation yeah. to their own kind yes. or their own generation than are the sons of the kingdom of light. Yeah. I don't think that was a compliment, was it, no. to, to, to Christ followers? <laughs> no, it wasn't. And Is he I think, saying that they're outperforming us? And I, I was mean, thinking oh about this goodness, yesterday. Oh, my goodness, it challenges me so much. I was, I was talking to somebody yesterday about this, and we were talking about how, you know, there is an aspect of being shrewd and being, you know, being... Being what? Being shrewd. 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 Kingdom shrewd. Right, yes. Jesus shrewd. Yes. Be wise <laughs> as a serpent. Yes, yes, right? exactly. But innocent. Right, and that was the verse we were actually talking about yesterday. And kind of going, okay, so so look, just because we, uh, just because we follow Jesus, it, we have to still use our mind, thoughts, the 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 smarts that He's given us, the gifts He's given us, the abilities He's given us. We can't just pray and expect everything to go well. We have to actually use the gifts yeah, sure. that God has given yeah. us. And and by in using those gifts, we can be shrewd, we can be thoughtful, we can plan effectively and think about what's going on in other people's hearts and lives and how yeah. we can actually meet and connect and 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 join with, with the okay. right people in the right way at the right time. And that's what wisdom is really, right? Wisdom is doing the right thing at the right time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the more that we become like Jesus, the wiser we are. And that, that you know, he is wisdom. So as we become like him, wisdom begins to manifest what in our lives more so and more. So much challenges me about that statement of Jesus is that it seems that he's saying that the sons of the kingdom of darkness are outperforming you and they have an inferior system or yes. an inferior yes. uh, asset base, meaning yeah. they're not really in the kingdom as you are, right. but they're outperforming you. Yeah. And I don't, yeah. I don't think it's a compliment. No, no. 
No, it's not. And it's I, a, and, I it's and, a and it is it is a challenge. And I think that that as Christians, we are meant to be um, seeing the life of Jesus and all of these things manifest in in our businesses in a way that causes us to rise. Right. And, 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 and as you rise and as you succeed and see that success, it actually becomes a testimony to other people because one of the challenges in business is that you can succeed in different ways. And, and as I've met all these different people, you meet some people and you go, they're fun. I like hanging out with them. We have a good time. But their character, their integrity, the way they've risen to the top, I cannot follow their pattern. I just cannot do it. I cannot do the things that they did to get where they are. On the other side, you have people who have used kingdom principles who might not know Jesus, but they've used kingdom principles, and they've seen them and the value of them, and, they, and they've embraced them, and they've risen in a way that you can mimic. But I think there should be a lot more Christians who have who have also embraced kingdom principles and are, and are, and, and are actually um, using that as a testimony of their life, yeah. right? Because yeah. all of those things speak about your life. They speak, they, they speak for you about who you are to other people all the time. All of our actions, all of our decisions, all of our thoughts are always speaking about us to other people. And we are, we are speaking without speaking 24-7. What about this concept of like special ops, micro churches or... I don't know. I call them kingdom clusters. What can we say about this? We're part, we're, we're to be engrafted into a local body, a local church, right? But we need, it seems, it, it seems to be an edge that the Holy Spirit is developing today. We need clusters of individuals to go into spaces like business or education or government or arts and entertainment, et cetera, and be like micro clusters, outposts. My, uh, my favorite analogy of the kingdom of God is uh, the kingdom of God is like an army. And um, in uh, my mom's church, this is a big uh, part of the, the church and the mindset. Okay. And uh, uh, if you think about the army, the army is a big institution. It, it consists of several thousands or I don't, I don't know now, hundreds of thousands of uh, elements mm-hmm. and individuals. And they're all um, divided into different categories like there's a platoon that has a certain number of units and and so on and um, I feel like in the army the smallest the unit um, the more strategic and specific and so the um, the goal of that unit is more specialized so if you think about the navy seals who are in the American in the American army and they're sent to specific missions. They're sometimes undercover. You know, nobody notices them. Nobody even knows what their mission is or what they're doing. Mm. And so if we think about it in the kingdom, yes, we have the uh, universal church. The, the, the Church the at church. large, yeah. Church with a capital C, is yes, it some say? The, yeah. the church as a whole. And then it's divided into, uh, you know, churches, big, big and small. But then you need those, like you're saying, those clusters, those those small groups where um, God can move strategically and specifically. And it's not that he can't do that in a massive church, but it is a lot harder to uh, manage relationships and to implement those principles that we've been talking about um, when the numbers are so large and which is why you know small yeah. groups are so effective they're they have a specific purpose and people know each other they trust each other you develop that deep uh, friendship and um, yeah trust really. absolutely churches yeah. need to release that don't they yeah uh, I mean because yeah, I think there's I, I'm, I'm seeing I'm feeling that there are people who are called to these to operate at those levels and they're a bit frustrated yeah. or or un- yeah. underemployed in yeah. that regard 
and uh, almost like a releasing of these clusters yeah. into these spaces. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, I think one of the challenges that we have in 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 you know our our um, American culture perhaps is just that we are dealing with people who everything has to be big in order to be valuable. So we connect value to the size of things when right. actually that's not how God thinks at all. So yeah. God looks at the heart. He looks at, you know, real kingdom fruit is measured by the transformation of someone's life. Mm. So you could have a thousand people mm -hmm. and you're meeting every, every week. If no one's life is being transformed, then that's not um, necessarily kingdom fruit. It might be good. It might be good things, but does it rise to the level of what God is actually really after? Because we can do all kinds of good things, and there are charitable organizations and, and, and companies and businesses and all kinds of people who do all kinds of good things. I don't believe that's the church's role. I think the church's role is to bring uh, the kingdom life into the earth right now, bring heaven to the earth right now. And, and I think that that requires relationship. It requires the depth of life that, you, you, that really only happens in, in smaller settings. And, and that can manifest in many different ways. It can look like many different things, but it is absolutely a necessity. And I think that the church as a whole should put a much greater value on the small things. Because Jesus you know, does say as well, hey, it all begins with the small things. He's watching how we do, do the little things first. And those things are where, um, where life really begins to flow. Um, and, and a lot more people's gifts can function and flow from that place as well. It doesn't, you know, I, I don't really believe it's meant to be one person sitting at the head of a, of a 50,000 person church or 20,000 person. I don't believe that's really what God is after. I don't want to criticize it or say it's wrong, but I just, I think what God really wants is all of the body of Christ, all of our gifts to be functioning and flowing and manifesting. I think that doesn't work as well in, in, a, in a macro setting. You need those micro settings. And what that looks like, it can look like many different things. But I think it's, you know, it, you know, it's critical. And I think that the key is for the church to put more value on it. That's very good. Trust him that he's webbing it all together, yeah. right? Yes. It's like a big tapestry, a big story. And we can't see that scale, maybe. We can't, really, that he sees. But right. we have to fulfill our, our space. Appreciate the Appreciate substance you, and the kingdom emphasis. And um, yeah. I really feel like relational edges are... Yeah. A ceiling yeah. over us if we're not growing on those edges yes. in the kingdom. We need to raise the ceiling to see more of heaven come yeah. to earth, as you're saying. Really appreciate all of this. So what is the website for people to get in touch with you or to sure. see what you're doing? So the website for our church is kingdomlifecle.com is, is the website. We have a Facebook group too, um, Kingdom Life Church Cleveland. So, yeah. And what is your website, Sylvia, for your business? Uh, my business is called D'Amico Translations. Okay. And uh, the website is d'amicotranslations.com. Very good. Appreciate you. All right. Thanks, Brian. I think it comes down to what do we want? Do we see Jesus and his kingdom as our supreme treasure, the supreme value in our life? Do we have the insight and the wisdom to understand that if we prioritize Jesus' world, everything else rises to its optimal level? Thank you, Isaac and Sylvia, for talking with us at a deeper level about this process of discipleship. It's really the discovery of the Christ follower, the development, and then the deployment, the full employment of the Christ follower in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. This is an edge the Holy Spirit is really pushing on in our time. And I want to be right there where the wind is blowing the hardest, the wind of the Holy Spirit filling ourselves and moving us across the waters to new horizons of destiny. Are you with me on that? Thanks for listening today, friend. We appreciate you, Isaac and Sylvia. 
You can visit JesusSmart.com to see the show notes page for this episode. We'll have links there. Sign up to receive a free weekly email for next level ideas and practice to advance as a Christ follower. We're all developing. We're all seeking to be on the grow. We, we believe we live in important times. We want to position ourselves to harmonize with Jesus' story and his plan for our lives. As always, with Jesus, our horizon is smart. Find your storyline in the royal narrative. Make it a smart week. All the best until next time. Mm-hmm.